Let us pray. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our God, our Rock, and our Redeemer, and let the Church say, Amen. You may be seated. I apologize ahead of time if I sound like Froggy from the Little Rascals, but I woke up with some kind of summer allergy, and I could barely talk this morning, so this is as good as it gets. So if my voice goes out, you've got to reprieve. (laughs) Um, It's always good to be here with you. Um, It's kind of hard to believe that summer is flying by. And those of us that see that I woke up to a driveway full of leaves, that's not a good sign. I was just ready to have summer, and now it's time for fall. How often have you seen a movie where God appears amidst lightning bolts and angelic choirs and then speaks in a terrifying, booming voice? Images like these are so common that we may think that this is how God normally speaks. Add to that all the biblical stories where God intervenes on an even larger scale. And we come come away thinking that the only way we'll ever hear the Lord is that way. Parting of the Red Sea, plagues. After all, very few of us are in the habit of being interrupted by a deafening voice or a lightning bolt from on high. That's why today's first reading is such a blessing to us. That God doesn't always thunder from the heavens. Sometimes, quite often, in fact, his voice comes in a tiny whispering sound. Why would the creator of the universe talk so softly? Maybe because he wants to teach us how to listen, just as he taught Elijah. Maybe because he wants a relationship with us, just as he had with Elijah, rather than have us live in fear of his showing up. And then we better look busy. You saw the the bumper sticker, Jesus is coming soon, so look busy. The fact we aren't always being overwhelmed doesn't mean that God is avoiding us. Quite the opposite. In fact, he's always speaking to us. He loves to guide our thoughts and our steps He loves to open our hearts to his truths and heal us of our hurts. No God speaks softly and intimately so that we will take the time to slow down. He wants us to learn how to quiet our racing minds so that we can focus on him and his word. God doesn't want to overwhelm our eyes and ears every time he has something to say to us. For one thing, that would get awfully exhausting. But even more important, he wants us to see him as our loving father, not as a frightened deity. Like any other father, he wants to spend time with us so that we can learn his ways and receive his wisdom. And we live in such a world that is so fast-paced, we don't know how to slow down. 
We run from one thing to another and we're exhausted most of the time. And God is quietly whispering to us, hey, (laughs) slow down. Take a moment. Listen. Take a breath. I'm in that moment. I'm in that breath if you give me the opportunity. So some thoughts over the scriptures that we heard proclaimed today. In the first reading, Elijah saw the Lord in the tiny whispering sound. Do you believe that God can speak to you deep within as you come to him in prayer? Do you really believe that? And do you practice that daily? The responsorial psalm also speaks of seeing the Lord's kindness and hearing what God proclaims. Has there ever been a time when you felt you heard from God during a time of prayer? And if so, what was the result? And we heard in Paul's gospel, I mean Paul's epistle, you know, that, you know, that it's not by works that we get there, it's by faith. that the just are, are saved by faith. What kind of faith do we have? Do we put our faith into practice daily in the way we come in contact with the people around us? And in the gospel, Jesus speaks these words to his terrified disciples. Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Do you believe that Jesus wants to speak those same words to you as well? Are you going through things in your life where you're afraid or you're overwhelmed and you're running from one thing to another and you need to hear him say, take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. What are the obstacles that can keep you from hearing these words and how can you overcome those obstacles so that God can speak to you more clearly? Nowhere does God speak more passionately to us than during the liturgy as we come around the table. We can actually hear his still small voice as we worship him with all of our brothers and sisters in the faith. What steps can you take before and during the service to make this a greater reality in your life? Are you prepared to meet the living God? Because surely, when we gather at this table, that is exactly what happens. It's not just a piece of bread and a sip of wine. It's Jesus. And he's coming to do business with us. He's coming to commune with us, to become one with us, to speak to our hearts, to heal us. But are we prepared to meet the living God? Do we take time before the service starts and during the service and after the service to allow God to speak to us and to change us and to empower us to do the things that he asks us to do? Lastly, on behalf of the bishop, I encourage you all. um, He sent a a pastoral directive out. For weeks now, our brothers and sisters in Iraq and Syria have been butchered. 
there was not one thing on the national news until this week. And yet daily, churches are burned, priests are killed, they're run out of their homes unless they're going to convert to Islam, and nothing is said and nothing is done. Our Archbishop Foley Beach sent out a pastoral directive to all the clergy and to the parishes, asking us all to pray for them, but to do more than to pray, to call our elected officials and demand that Congress does something. I'm not a political being. I don't like to get involved in it, but there's sometimes the church has to stand up and say, hey, because we'll be held accountable, brothers and sisters, for the acts of omission that we do, as well as the acts of commission. We live in a world where we don't have to worry about tomorrow morning there'll be a knock at the door and you'll be hauled out for being a Christian and you'll be stripped of everything you own and your life will be taken from you. But there are places in the world where our brothers and sisters of the faith don't have that privilege and option. Syria, Iraq, eastern Ukraine, China. You just have to look at the feeds that's happening all around us. And we, as free people who, who are Christians and believers, need to stand up and support them and pray for them that the end of this would ha- happen soon. So I commend them to your prayers on behalf of the bishop. And I ask that um, we pray for a speedy result of this. People are on the mountaintop starving. Even as we pray this morning. So, Father God, we thank you that you love your people. We thank you that you count every hair of our head. We ask that you be with our persecuted brothers and sisters throughout the world. Lord, we pray that you would move and act on their behalf. Protect them, keep them safe. Thank you for their witness to the faith. Help us to hear your still, small voice as you speak to us this morning of how much you love us and how much you care for us and how much your option is for us each day. And all these things we ask in Jesus' good and mighty name and let the church say, Amen. So why don't we stand... And the creed that we're about to proclaim is a summary statement of what we say we believe as Christians. Many of our brothers and sisters we just talked about believe these words so tightly that they'd rather die than renege on them. So let us proclaim our faith boldly and proudly as in the proclamation of the Nicene Creed.
on the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have 